Turn with me, please, to the book of Revelation again, chapter 16. This one chapter is a tremendous portion of Scripture. We'll not turn to Ezekiel tonight. Um, some of you maybe missed the first part of the second part. Some might have missed both parts. I apologize if you can't. Uh, I'll try and fit things together tonight. But could I say that this is very... Uh, it's actually amazed my, me how things have actually even developed in this last week from we were here last uh, Lord's Day evening bringing the word of God. And we'll, we'll be bringing you up to date of what is happening in the world even as we speak tonight. Revelation chapter 16, beginning to read at verse 12. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the waters thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast, And out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils. Working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth. And to the whole world. To gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments. Lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called, in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. And there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the face of, were upon the earth, so mightily an earthquake, And so great. And the city was divided into three parts. And the cities of the nations fell. The great Babylon came in remembrance before God. To give unto her the cup of her wine. Of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away. And the mountains were not found. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven. Every stone about the weight of a talent. And men blaspheme God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. Now keep your Bibles open, but let us buy in a word of prayer. Eternal Father, we ask you now to settle every one of us in this house this evening. Settle our hearts and our minds. And Lord, enable us to receive the engrafted word which is able to save the soul. We ask you, Lord, that you would speak to us, that we would be conscious of our own mortality and that we would be conscious of our frailty, but we would be conscious of your eternity. And we ask you, Lord, that you would speak deep into our minds and our hearts and cause us, Lord, even as as believers in thy Son, the Lord Jesus, to, Lord, be up and doing and to be ready, prepared with our garments white, Lord, that we would be ready for the second coming of your Son. Now glorify yourself, we pray, and ask it in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Well, over the past two uh, nights that we have done, parts one and part two, we read from Ezekiel 38, which told us of these two great conglomerate of nations which will come initially against the land of Israel. 
And we looked at them, Gog, Magog, Meshach, Tubal, which is Russia. Moscow and Tobolsk is Meshach, Tubal. But we also looked at Iran, who, are, who is Persia, coming also. We looked at Gomer, who many believe are Germany or the steppes of Russia. We looked at the house of Togarma, Turkey, and the Stan nations, Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan, Tajikistan, Kazakhstan, and so on. And we looked at how they will conglomerate together to come down toward Jerusalem. Then we looked again at how they will think another evil thought and say, I will go up. And they go up and over what we call the North Pole to the Arctic Circle. Part one, we looked at it in great depth, how there are nations like Canada, the United States, and other Nordic nations are now focusing all around the very Arctic Circle because of the melting ice caps. They've now noticed the mineral wealth that's in the ground under the sea. We know that Russia has planted a flag claiming it as their own. So we looked at how there is a powder keg ready to explode up around the Arctic Circle also. How that these nations are, if you want, playing war games one against the other and they're claiming territorial rights and placing their military might and their headquarters are even up there that they can strike at a, at a, fast, race, a fast rate and they can pierce one another's armour with the arrow that flieth by day, their rocket systems. We looked at how they have been jostling one another and showing, as it were, their armoured teeth one to another, ready for war. Let me bring you up to date. First of all, now this is last year. There was a, a, in Russia Today news, the 26th of March 2010. The headlines were this, Nordic Military Alliance to challenge Russia in the Arctic. Here we have the Nordic Military Alliance going up to the Arctic Circle. Bringing you more up to date, the 25th of February 2011. Russia's military, it says, spending soars. Russia are planning to spend $650 billion on their military in the Arctic and around the globe. Russia Time News, just four days ago, the 18th of May 2011, bringing you up to date, just four days ago, May, Wednesday past, Russia Today News had an article which called it just invincible. Listen to what it says. It was from a general Karakayev, and he went into detail of Russia's new nuclear weapons complex and missile system capable of carrying multiple warheads. And this is what he said. I quote him. It is necessary to note the ability of the new missiles to be invincible before the launch. Due to their mobility, in other words, how they fly through the air, they had written in an article, and I can't write it all down and tell you it for time's sake, but the article said that it, was, it took off at a slower pace, travelled at a steady pace, and this missile is now so intelligent, when it zones in on the target, its pace, it, its pace picks up to such a speed, it can pierce right through all armour and defence systems, and they are placing it in the Arctic Circle. Now let me go on to what he says. 
due to their mobility as well as their ability to break through any missile system that will be built in the next 15 to 20 years. They're way ahead, in other words, on how their missiles fly through the air and carry multiple warheads. Listen to this again. This is just Tuesday past, 17th of May 2011, Russian Today News. It says, the cold Arctic has become the hot topic of international discussions. Today, the Arctic remains a practically untouched source of mineral resources. Russia cannot but develop the Arctic. Russia cannot but develop the Arctic. It goes on to say this. The Arctic zone contains about 95% of Russia's natural gas, about 60% of Russia's oil, 40% of Russia's gold, 90% of Russia's silver, chromium and magnesium, 100% of Russia's bedrock diamonds, 47% of platinum metals, and 95% of rare earth metals in the Arctic Circle they claim are their own. Now you see why the people, the nations, want to go over the Arctic Circle. It says this also, the initial recoverable reserves of oil and condensate, in other words, the coal and other minerals there, oil and condensate are estimated at 13 billion tons and gas at 70 trillion cubic meters in the Arctic. That's why Russia have planted a flag and have claimed it for their own. So that's up to date what's happening from part one. Part two, we showed you the house of Togarma, the drying up of the river Euphrates. Look at our reading, Revelation 16, verse 12. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the waters thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. We looked last week at how the great river Euphrates populated was populated by many people around the fertile crescent right down into Iraq and right down into Iran. We looked at how that nation dried up was the great Turkish Ottoman Empire, the Islamic nation drying up by losing much land, culminating or the fast outpouring as we give you the illustration of a bottle which empties quickly at the end when 1917... General Allenby liberated Jerusalem after we told you of the 2,520 years punishment of the house of Judah had ended. And General Allenby liberated Jerusalem and Palestine by the flying of the Air Flying Corps. Number 14 Bomber Squadron flew over the Jerusalem itself. The Turks saw like what looked like great birds. Remember, they hadn't seen aeroplanes before. And they seen great birds and they ran and surrendered and ran, as it were, for their lives. We know that that also, we told you the scripture, that also uh, fulfilled uh, a prophecy in Isaiah. As birds flying, so will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. And as birds flying, they left Jerusalem afraid. Not a shot was fired, not a bomb was dropped. 1917 was an epic year 
For in the same year when God was using General Allenby and the Commonwealth forces, or in other words, the merchants of Tarsus, when God was using them, also then the devil was raising up a man called Karl Marx. Karl Marx and Marxism then arose in 1917 in Russia. It then spread to China, and China and Russia became two great communist countries. So here we have the drying up of the Ottoman Empire. The Turkish uh, Ottoman Empire dried up. The kings of the East now were being prepared. China was risen. We told you of China, how China had also made alliances with North Korea. We looked at how China had made alliances with many of the Korean states and nations called the ASEAN conglomerate, the A-S-E-A-N, the Asian, South Asian nations are all conglomerate now called Beijing's string of pearls. Now China also have moved into America's backyard. Venezuela, they have now built a, a, a road, a railroad, 138 miles long to take them to one of the ports to take their oil across. They also own now the Panama Canal, Freeport in Bahamas, 55 miles, if my memory serves me right, off the Florida Keys coast. And then, of course, we're told that they are in Bolivia, also and Cuba. All communists. They're spreading their net. And we're told that this is the way of the kings of the East being prepared. Let's remember also that they have struck up a great friendship with Pakistan. They have now built an 800-mile-long road into Pakistan in order to move their troops westward. The kings of the east will come westward to Pakistan because of the oil and the reserves that are around there. And America, Pakistan's friends are so-called, and Pakistan friends with America, their relationship is so strained at the moment that Pakistan is turning from the United States and looking toward China. So, we know that they have also built a great seaport, and it is built at the Guadara Seaport. China now runs it. It's in the Sea Gulf there. And across the sea, we have Bahrain. We've heard it on the news. And in Bahrain, we have America's Fifth Fleet and many troops there. So you see the two of them eyeballing each other across the sea, being ready, being prepared. And what is it for? Look at our reading again. Revelation chapter 16. And let your eye run down to verse 14. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles or signs, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and the whole world. We have pointed that out. We have showed you to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. So here we have a lot of things happening around our world that we haven't heard of or know nothing about. Let me bring you up to date then on something else. The USA has launched drone strikes. They are unmanned small aeroplane type things. They have launched many unmanned drone strikes around the Pakistan-Afghan border. And of course we know Pakistan, they then have threatened to cut off all supply lines to the United States military who are in Afghanistan. So now America and Pakistan are looking one toward another. What's going to happen there? We don't know. And when it's going to happen, I don't know. But one thing we're sure of, the Bible says, God's word tells us is that the kings of the east will come forward. 
They will come to the West against the West. Now, in Pakistan, Pakistan, we know we heard of, uh, and I'll put it in brackets, the killing of Osama bin Laden. I heard in another report just recently, Osama bin Laden was dead in 2002. Another one told me Osama bin Laden had died in June, and it wasn't Osama bin Laden at all. So do we know the truth? No one knows the truth what the, the newspapers are reporting now and the television broadcasts. But Osama bin Laden, as we are told, was killed just at the beginning of this month. The United States have launched drone strikes again into uh, Pakistan, and they killed five, some say reported, eight people in Pakistan. So Pakistan now are threatening the United States. Listen to what this says in the alert. It's called Alert News. Alert Net News. It calls itself the world's humanitarian news site. The world's humanitarian news site. Listen to this. Wednesday, the 18th of May, 2011, four days ago, it says, United States, United States drones fire missiles at vehicle in North Wazaristan on the Afghan border, killing five militants. It was the fourth drone strike since bin Laden was killed. The killing of bin Laden could trigger a backlash from his supporters across a giant area surrounding Afghanistan. The SCO, now the SCO is the Shanghai Cooperation. This has been in for quite a few years now. Russia and China were doing joint military exercises together, rising in the east. And the SCO is the Shanghai cooperation. But now they have incorporated many other nations. Now listen to this. This is what this news bulletin says. The SCO, or the Shanghai Cooperation Council, regional security body said it was dominated by China and Russia. It also unites mostly Muslim ex-Soviet Central Asian states of Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, and Uzbekistan. What did we say last week before this was reported this week? The House of Tagarma will come with Russia and China. And that's just four days ago after we preached it last week. We mentioned those, those nations. Get the CD, download it, and you will be able to hear for yourself. Here's another one. Reuters News. The 18th again of May 2011. Just Wednesday past. Listen to what Reuters News says. Chinese Premier Wen Jiabo assured his Pakistani counterpart, Yusuf Raza Gilani, of China's all-weather friendship. Notice that. In other words, no matter what happens, no matter what war you enter into, no matter what your problems, we are all-weather friends. We are right behind you, Pakistan, for war. On the 16th, two days before that, Monday past, 16th of May 2011, news press also released this. The United States military is working to develop drones capable of taking off from United States aircraft carriers based in the Pacific. Analysts say the primary goal will be to confront China. That's this Monday to confront China. Just Monday passed. 
Let me take you a little bit back then. Now we see China, the Pacific, and the Pakistan coming to where the Middle East is, right over into America. We see now the North Pole around by the Arctic Circle. The whole world is heaving and groaning at the moment. Jesus says, nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom in the last day. Let me take you back to January this year. January the 14th, 2011. Russia Today News again reported this. Israel blocks delivery of Russian armored vehicles into Palestinian territories. Russian vehicles into the Palestinian territories. Ezekiel chapter 38 and verse 4 tells us that Russia, Gog, Magog, that Russia will come down and it says they will come horses and horsemen with all sorts of armor. Think about that. With all sorts of armor. So let's look at Revelation 16 then again. Verse 13. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon. Out of the mouth of the beast. And out of the mouth of the false prophet. Who are the dragon, the beast and the false prophet? We have been speaking about it for the last few weeks. The dragon is communism and Marxism. The dragon is that atheistic style of Leninism and all of those, uh, all of those philosophies. Who is the beast? The beast comes in three parts. But I haven't time. We've done it before. European Union is the beast. But the European Union has a spiritual beast. It's called the Church of Rome. You go through history, and the Church of Rome had a military wing. We think of Philip II of Spain and the Spanish Armada. If they conquered Protestant England, Reformed England, they could take it as long as it remained Catholic, and they ruled it. We think of the Kaiser, we think of Hitler. We think of many others. There were others who, who, who came and were called the Holy Roman Emperor, striving for a new world order, a one world government. The European Union in Strasbourg and Brussels are it today with the Church of Rome gathering in behind the scenes. So here we have the dragon. Here we have the beast. If you want European Union and Bible prophecy, I've done it about a year and a half ago. We'll see if we can get you it on download or CD. You can listen to it in full. The third one is the false prophet. The false prophet is the prophet of Islam, Muhammad. And that false prophet is also spoken of of the Arab nations. And of course we've spoken of all these Muslim nations. Because not every, Arab, not every Muslim is an Arab, remember. But all of the Islamic world following the prophet of Islam. Listen to what it says again now, thinking of that. Okay, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and to the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. I've said this every night. The land of Israel, Jerusalem, is the powder keg which will ignite the blue touch paper for World War III. It is the initial movement. Now listen to this for a, for a blue touch paper scenario. 
Listen to this closely. The Zionist Israeli state has what is known as today, it's had it from 2003, it's known as the Project Daniel. Project, Project Daniel was set up to assess the threat to Israel from other states in the Middle East. For example, the Arab states, whether that be with Iran and others or without. It comprises of a six-man membership team. And by the way, most of them, if not all of them, were educated in the United States. Now let me go on. It recommends, this is their writings now, not mine, okay? I didn't make this up. I have taken it from them. It recommends of the report, the recommendations of the report were that Israel should do anything possible to prevent an anti-Israeli coalition being formed. It suggests Israel should retain the option of carrying out preemptive strikes, describing them, notice this, this is their words, describing them as anticipatory self-defense. Let me tell you in layman's terms what that means. They look at nations and if they think they don't like them, Israel are now the only country in the world who say they can strike them just in case. That's their words, not mine. In other words, they're saying that they hold the right to anticipatory self-defense. In other words, they could rocket someone and say, that's in case you were thinking wrong. See the blue touch paper now? See the volatility in the Middle East? Iran's Islamic Republic Press TV reported on the 2nd of May 2011, beginning of this month. Listen to what it says. It says Israeli fighter jets are continuing drills at a military base in Iraq and preparation for a strike on Iran, which is Persia in Ezekiel 38. So here they're now preparing for a strike on Iran. And also we're told the Israelis have what is known as the Samson option. The Samson option. What is the Samson option? Well, we go to Judges chapter 17. For time's sake, we'll not need to flick there. Let me just tell you, we all know of Samson, the mighty man who was anointed by Jehovah, that Yahweh came upon him with his spirit. And he was able to slay the Philistines and every enemy that came his way. He couldn't be bound with fetters or cords or chains. So mighty was Samson. See, he was a, he was a Nazarite and his covenant was in his hair. He meets a woman and she turned his head. And the woman was called Delilah. Delilah, he told her, the covenant was in the cutting of his hair. Strength wasn't in his hair. The strength was in the covenant. And when they cut his hair, he broke the covenant and God withdrew. The Philistines then, they, they came upon him. They took him captive. They beat him. They blinded him. They made sport with him. And they brought him into a great uh, theater or coliseum to make more sport with him, to make fun of the great Samson. Samson, we're told, in his blindness, asked the boy to show him the two pillars which held the main part of this auditorium up. And the boy aimed his hands, one hand against one pillar and one against the other. 3,000 Philistines were there that day. And Samson prayed to the Lord for grace one more time. And the Lord came upon him and he pushed the great pillars that every one of them died including Samson. Israelis have the Samson op option. 
Judges 17 and verse 30 says, So they died, so the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. The Samson option is this. The Israelis have nuclear warheads pointed at every single major city of the Islamic world. And they say, if our backs come against the wall, we will push the button and we will bring them down with us. We will destroy, set every nuclear warhead off. This is the blue touch paper, as it were. This is the powder keg of World War III, the Battle of Armageddon. Here's a little pointer for you. Here's one of the cities. There's others, but here's one of the main ones that that we're told of. Isaiah 17 and verse 1. There's a little verse there, a telltale verse. Behold Damascus. You hear that in the news at the moment. Behold Damascus is taken away from being a city and shall be a ruinous heap. Damascus, one of the oldest cities in the world. It says it will be taken away from being a city. People say, oh, that happened years ago, two and a half, three thousand years ago. Friend, it says it will be a ruinous heap. And Damascus, you can still see the ancient buildings. It has never been a ruinous heap. God says it will be a ruinous heap. A, 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 A warhead will strike Damascus. Where's Damascus? Syria. Who's in Syria? Hezbollah. Open piecing this together for you now. Hezbollah is in Syria. Damascus will be wiped off the face of the earth. Nuclear warhead. Okay. Syria, Iran, North Korea were on the axis of evil, if you remember. It was always talked about. They're looking rid of them. They want an excuse to strike them. There are currently estimated in the world today around 21,000. Now let me get it right. 21,000 nuclear warheads. That's enough to wipe the earth, all the people of the earth, many times over. There are estimated at 21,000 nuclear warheads around the world. Now we need to go into Revelation chapter 16 again. And this is tremendous. If you can stay with me, please stay with me. Revelation chapter 16 and verse 17. You notice we're told of these three spirits, the dragon, the beast, the false prophet. They're drawing everyone to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Jesus warns them in verse 15 of chapter 16, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Now here we have the sixth vial has been poured out. Notice the seventh vial here in verse 17. And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air. And there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, It is done. Notice that. It is done. Told you last week in Revelation chapter 16 there are seven vials to be poured out. We're now coming to the seventh vial. Now notice this. The seventh angel poured out his vial. Where? Into the earth. If you were to look at the first vial. It's poured out upon the earth. Or sorry into the air. The first vial is poured out upon the earth. 
The second is poured out upon the sea. The third upon the rivers and the fountains. The fourth upon the sun. The fifth upon the seed of the, of the beast. The sixth upon the great river Euphrates, which we have looked at. Now is the seventh and vinyl vial that he poured out, poured out into the air. Seven is the number of God's perfection and completeness. This seven vial to be poured out into the air speaks of aerial warfare. It speaks of the heavenlies, as we would call it, where you fly to go on your holidays. The seventh and the last file is another judgment of the Lord. Psalm 91, verse 5. We have mentioned this, and every night we'll mention it again. Thou shalt not be afraid for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. The prophet saw an arrow that, that slew 1,000 people and 10,000 people in one go. The prophet seen a missile and he thought it was an arrow. There were no missiles in the prophet's days, obviously. So notice the aerial warfare was to begin. Isn't it not strange that after the sixth file was poured out, and the, at the beginning of the 1900s, 1909, around there, you see 1917, all the people of the Ottoman Empire starting to dry up, that the kings of the East might be prepared. Is it not strange that then around that time, man started to fly? Aeroplanes. We looked at General Allenby flying over Jerusalem. They knew not what a plane was and thought they saw great birds. Is it not strange that, that aerial uh, flight took took on that even people were able to fly from one side of the world onto the other. Is it not strange then that even after that, getting into World War I, not only then into World War II, we saw large-scale bombings. Large-scale bombings of Britain, large-scale bombings of Germany, where they, the cities of Germany were obliterated, and the cities of Britain were obliterated. Is it not strange that this all happens one after another? Is this a coincidence? Is this something that we're making up? Is this something that, that God has not put down for us to watch and, and to look for? The seventh file was being poured out then. River Euphrates from 1844 to around 1924 was being dried up. And God starts then pouring out for the air to be filled with aeroplanes, missiles and rockets. Let's look at Revelation Chapter 16. Let your eye run down verse 17. We're told there's a great voice. The last three words of verse 17 says, It is done. The seventh vial, they're all poured out. It's done. This reminds me of our Lord on the cross in John chapter 19 and verse 30. Hanging and bleeding and dying for you and I. To bear away our sins in his own body on the tree. The Lord Jesus cried, It is finished. In other words, it is done. It has been paid for. In other words, we do not need to pay anything for our redemption and our salvation. For Jesus has paid it all. And here the same words are, it is done. God says the vials have been poured out. And if you haven't been under the it is finished, the blood of the Lamb, friends, you are lost. It is done. In fact, it's used one more time. And it's used in Revelation chapter 21. 
This speaks of the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. When Christ returns, this is fantastic. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. But, notice, but. The fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. Will you be in the kingdom? Are you saved? But there's many people who have murdered, there's many people who have lied. There's many people who have committed adultery and idolatry, yes. But when you come to Christ, you're a new creature in Christ. When he saves you, you're forgiven of all your sin. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 16 again. And let us read verse 18. There were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as not since men were upon the earth. So mighty an earthquake and so great. And this great city was divided into three parts. And the cities of the nations fell. Remember what I told you earlier. The cities of the nations fell. And that great Babylon came in remembrance before God. They give unto her the cup of the wrath of her wine and the fierceness of her wrath. You know what that means? Almighty God is going to visit not only the European Union, but he will visit upon all the blood which Rome has shed for the martyrs. And he will, make, he, he will make justice and judgment in the earth for what they're doing, friend. By the way, apostate Protestantism is in this too. Everyone who is not born again of the Spirit of God, apostate Protestantism, who have fell away from the Reformed truth, they will have their part with it. Getting very soberly minded there, isn't it? But that's the truth. We'll say you're not allowed to say these things anymore. Well, I do. Listen to what it says, verse 20. And every island fled away. See these great warheads falling down. Every island fled away. And the mountains were not found. Or nations sometimes that can mean. But mountains, even the very rocks will, will, will bubble with the heat. I'm going to show you that. Thank you for your attention. Half the race on. We're running late. Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 12. This, is the, this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord shall smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. That is the initial moving. Their flesh, notice, their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet. And their eyes shall consume away in, the holes, in their holes. And their tongues shall consume away in their mouth. The great heat of that will consume the flesh of men as they're standing. Their very eyes will melt in their sockets. Their very tongue will melt in their mouth. This man wrote this two and a half thousand years ago. Correspondent of the Daily Express, Peter Boucher, of, and this, during the Second World War, after the dropping of the bombs 
in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Thirty days, he wrote, after the first atomic bomb destroyed the city, people were still dying mysteriously and horribly. It's something I can only describe as the atomic plague. The results were horrible. The flesh started rotting away. That's even those who weren't melted at the initial impact. It has also been recorded by Jay Hersey. Listen to this. He took this from an eyewitness account. There were about 20 men and they were all in exactly the same nightmarish state. Their faces were wholly burned. Their eye sockets were holy. Their eye sockets were hollow. Uh, the fluid from their eyes, melted eyes, had run down their cheeks and their mouths were swollen, pus-covered wounds. In other words, you couldn't make a face out from a man. Look at Revelation 16, verse 21. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, or a hundred pound roughly. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail. For the plague thereof was exceeding great. You know what this tells me? Even then, they don't want a saviour. There are people you'll preach to week after week. There are people who you'll witness to. There are people who you'll say, change your ways and get right with God. And they'll just still blaspheme God. There are things happening in our nation. We're saying it is a, it is a chastisement of the Lord. And, and people are saying, ah, it's only a coincidence these things are happening. It says, even then, men will blaspheme him. Say, oh, for your plague, you're this, that, and the other. Still won't believe in Christ who shed his blood for them. Second Peter 3 and 10. Sounds very sobering and very harsh. Listen to what 2 Peter 3 and 10 says. And I love this. I love this because this is my hope. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. It means he'll come as a surprise when you're not expecting it and I'm not expecting it. In other words, no one ever would think that he'll come. I know we see all the things that are happening. We say, well, this has to happen and that has to happen. And there may be other things that may happen. This could last for a week, a month, ten years. I don't know. But this is one thing I know. See, World War I. No one thought that a world war would ever happen. And the Archduke Franz Ferdinand, he and his wife Sophia, or Sophie the Duchess of Hohenberg, he was, the, the, he was due to sit upon the Austro, Austro-Hungarian throne. He was the heir. And they were in Sarajevo. And it was the 20th of June, 1914. And a gunman came and shot at him. His wife jumped in front to take the bullet. And they killed the two of them. That was the rumblings of the beginning of World War I. Just like that. Oh, this will never happen. Well, they could do peace treaties and all that thing, but I'm telling you, the Bible tells us it's happening. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. See the word heavens? The word heavens is, where, is a word oranos. It's where we get our word uranium from. Do you know how you make a nuclear warhead? Enriched uranium, the breaking down of the atom. 
There will be a heaven filled with uranium. The heavens shall pass away with a great noise. One of the uh, Greek translators says it means the heavens shall pass away or disappear in a roar of flames. And it's also said they give the idea of this. Now listen to this. This amazes me when I first read this. It gives the idea the sound of an arrow flying through the air. The heavens shall pass away with a great noise. Arrows flying through the air. But this really blessed me. I jumped around my study when I heard this. And praise God. It says, oh Lord, you're fantastic. Do you know what it also means? It gives the idea of a shepherd's pipe blowing. The shepherd used to sit among his sheep and blow a pipe. It calmed the sheep when there was trouble. And they followed the noise of the shepherd's pipe. That's why the scripture says a bruised reed he will not break. Because the bruised reed was the reed of the shepherd's pipe. If he sat on it, he nursed it back that he could use it again. And friend, when this happens, our Lord is going to come. The shepherd of the sheep will come. The great shepherd of Israel, the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll hear the rockets flying through the air. But those who are ready will rise to meet our Lord and be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Listen to what Jesus said, Matthew 24, verse 22. And except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days should be saved. That's something to tell you, brothers and sisters, just like that Russian general There are no missile defense systems able to save you. Not one missile defense system is able to stop the missiles that will happen at this great battle. I have have something to tell you. I have a missile defense system. Where is it that's found again in Psalm 91? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of of the Almighty. I will say of my God, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God and Him will I trust. That's my defense system. That's my shield, the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm wrapping this up. Seventh angel pours out his vial into the air. We're told in Revelation 1 and 7 that Jesus will come to the air. Behold, He cometh with clouds. And every eye shall see him, and also they also which pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Men and women will be wailing when they see him. I've rejected him and he's back. Second Thessalonians. Verse 7, the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall, be, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. You know what word presence is? Who shall be punished with the everlasting destruction or from the presence or from the face of God. God's face will be enough punishment to consume you. says, from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come, listen, 
to be glorified, and the angels know, to be glorified in his saints. Know what it means when Jesus comes? We will see him and Jesus will catch us away. Changes in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And we will be changed and glorified. And we will worship him. I get excited. I get excited. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints. And listen to this. This is beautiful. To be admired in all them that believe. Because our testimony among you was believed in that day. You know Paul's saying? We came with the gospel. Told you of a great saviour who shed his blood for you. Told you of a saviour who went to the cross and went to the grave. And arose again on the third day and ascended into heaven. And he's coming back again. We told you in our testimony, he says, that we told you, you believed it. He says, you're saved Thessalonian believers. The word admired here gives the idea of a theatre. When he rolls back the skies, there'll be some theatrical goings on. The heavens will be filled with his power and his glory. And we'll watch it with awe and amazement and wonder as we're caught up to meet the Lord in the air and changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. The word admired to be admired in all them that believe. What it means? A place. The word admired means to bring to a place of public show. Saints of God, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, you can rejoice tonight, for Jesus is coming soon. There's no fear here of a third world war or Armageddon and all these sort of things, because I know my Lord is coming. And he's going to catch us, and he's going to change us, and he'll bring us back and we'll rule and reign with Christ on the earth. Lord bless his word. Thank you for your attention.